Hey guys, welcome to the This is Moonland podcast. On our third episode, we're going to have Brandon. Brandon is Moonland's lead technical artist, aka the Code Monkey. I'm personally fascinated with all the moving pieces that are involved in the creation of a video game, and in this case, a social multiplayer metaverse. It's literally building a whole digital universe with almost endless possibilities. Now that we have Brandon here, Brandon, go ahead and introduce yourself and talk a little bit about yourself. Hi, uh, I'm Brandon. I make video games. Not really that exciting, but yeah. Hi, nice to meet you guys. I'm the tech artist from Moonland, and I'm excited to be here. That's exciting. Don't say it's not exciting. That's why we have you here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would love to know how did you end up like involved with coding, with video games? And like, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got involved with this industry? It's kind of a long winded uh, answer, but in simplest terms, like I just grew up surrounded by technology and like my dad was a huge tech nerd and uh, we got uh, he started kind of getting me into programming at a young age. Um, I grew up with video games like my entire life, so like to the even the point, my family credits the uh, Super Nintendo for the reason I can even I learned how to read, which I think is kind of funny. But uh, when I really started getting into coding, I was doing uh, some modding work for a game called Gary's Mod and just different servers. I would write like small little features and just add it to there. Um, and then I found the Unity game engine. Um, then. Like, this is roughly around like 20, uh, 2008, 2009-ish. And I uh, I just kind of just made a bunch of prototypes here and there. And just if I th thought of a feature that was cool or something I wanted to recreate another from another game, I would try my best to learn how to make that feature. And then I would just show it off to like friends and like team speaker discord. Um, but overall, um, computers have always been in my life so kind of when it comes to uh programming i uh i used a lot of uh i had a lot of knowledge from like my past uh, it experience and stuff and uh it really helped with kind of understanding uh in a more fundamental and professional level of where how like kind of the order of operations that a computer thinks in um but that's kind of how i got into the industry uh, overall was just i like the definition of indie developer i would say that's really exciting. I think it's it's really fun that you say that you give most of the credit to your family. Like I've never heard of someone who like grew up in programming. I'm like I I, I wish that would would have been me. <laughs> like some people grow up like in music families and everything, but like for this age for you to grow up in a family where like computers were such a big thing, I think that's really good. Um, so we like. Let's pretend people like that are listening to this podcast, they don't know that much about programming and what you do. So in our last episode, we act, we talked to Kieran and he kind of like took us through the creative process behind Moonland or designing a, a video game. So first is the concept art, then the 3D modeling and everything. So I would love to know like in what part of the process do you get involved and like kind of like take us through yeah take us through that so when i when i got joined into the team um it was around like at the beginning of the pre-production and for people who don't know what pre-production is in uh in movies media or just like 
and specifically video games. It's kind of where they're organizing all of their thoughts and kind of going off from the story and the concept that they have originally into, into making it into a, a playable thing. So right at the beginning of pre-production is when I got brought in. Where I stand in is basically if an artist has an idea or they want something implemented, I just figure out what they're trying to do and I got to find a way to do it. So let's say things like um, implementation of certain features. Like I know uh, last episode, Kieran brought up doors and it's funny because in game development, doors are kind of like a programming nightmare just because there's so many ways you can do it and most games don't do it properly or at least well, the way that I would personally say I like, but I handle things like implementation, custom tools. So if they need a script for Blender, I write it up. Or um, if it comes to shaders or just overall logic, I handle that for the most part, as well as designing workflows. Since the team's kind of small, I wear multiple hats. I do the technical artist stuff. I do some networking. I actually, we just finished the networking for that and I'm, it's working flawlessly. I love it. But I've also been handling um, a lot of uh, just overall in-game logic and how things are like saved. So it's essentially, again, if an artist has an idea, I got to find a way of doing it. And which is funny, the way that I got brought on as technical artist, I, I applied for 3D generalist. And then when I was showing them my personal projects, Kieran was like, you're a tech artist, dude. You wrote all that code, didn't you? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, you're doing that. And I was more than happy. It was it was liberating and what do you prefer doing i love programming just I, I like overall just the entire aspect of making games i think it's fun so dabbling with animation sound design ui ux even like some of the business stuff like marketing i think is really interesting and in how things can be and this may not be the best word but it would be like a like a boring concept to be spun into something exciting such as the joke is in a lot of programming videos or just like the whole scene on the internet is that program is extremely boring so like people who can spin that concept and make it an entertaining digestible thing is always fascinating to me as well so i, I love it all it's it's just i feel like it's something i was kind of just put here to do i don't know why i feel and maybe correct me if i'm wrong like in this past year maybe after covid like coding and the whole programming aspect of things like there's programming everything i feel like it's it's becoming cool or or is it just good marketing but it, like people are becoming more aware of like oh this is actually a career and, and this is really cool i think it kind of comes with like uh like the turn of the age in a, in a way because it's like everybody knows ai's come in like we've seen those ai uh websites that can like you can throw in a prompt and it generates a picture for you and like they're really really well done when people see stuff like that i think it's also kind of a push for more people to understand how computers work and how to program overall just because with technology becoming more i would say automated or more tools are being developed if something breaks you're gonna have to have somebody that knows how to do it so it's a ever-growing field and it programming is like i would call it like a lie where they say programming requires a lot of math like you really know i mean a lot of the math is usually done for you in the computer but it's it's more or less just understanding how things work from cause and effect it's really not much math at all it's pretty interesting yeah, definitely. I've been getting so much into like into no like obviously not programming myself, but like under kind of like wrapping myself around like and figuring out it's a lot of logic. I'm thinking about all the outcomes. I think is it's amazing and and from a marketing perspective, kind of like my intention with putting out a podcast and not just putting out the content of like the final work, 
it's also like you were saying like making it cool the whole creative process behind this i think we could also like add to the narrative about like how cool this is and, and not just putting out like the final product so so yeah so okay i'm gonna ask you a question but it has like two sides of the answer so what are you the most proud of developing and why but i'm gonna ask you for moonland and like in your career in general for moonland i would safely say the way that we've been doing some of like the the server stuff networking has always been kind of something that was not scary i mean a lot of people whenever there's it's not the easiest thing to do but it's uh the way that we have the the things set up is pretty like there's there's a term called keep it simple stupid in the industry and it's or keep it stupid simple but it we we found a way to keep it rather simple but also allow a lot of like data to be transferred between different levels different worlds different servers and it's uh it's going to be really really useful for things such as like metaverse applications like moonland so i would say for moonland that would be my most proud thing i've worked on is just the networking it's it i'm really really happy with it personally it's gonna sound super weird but have you ever heard of creepy pastas creepy pastas no yeah creepy pastas it's like an internet urban legend like they're like uh like the story of you know how these people talk about like bigfoot or like mothman and stuff like yeah. that um well people write like urban legends on the internet that are like entertaining to read i love them um but there's one that's uh called the back rooms and it's like an infinitely generated plane of existence i ended up about a half a year ago i made a level in unity on a personal project of mine that was like it's in science terms called non-euclidean but it basically it's like you know in pac-man whenever you like walk to the right side of the screen you pop up on the left that's not exactly how like physics works when you would walk through a door you would expect to be in a different room uh-huh. that's like the a simple way of explaining non-euclidean so i remade the way the back rooms works in unity using kind of like a overcomplicated portal system so it it functions very similar like the game portal where you could like throw a box through a one hallway and it will come out the hallway behind you like down the down the room like so if there's let's say a large room where two hallways kind of make like the shape of like a z if you went down one end of the z you would come out the other end of uh-huh. the z so you'd pop back around and using that to kind of chain them together you can make a maze that really just consists of six different hallways and a couple rooms and it will be an infinitely like you infinitely would walk around it i put, i had it on my linkedin and i know uh, kieran saw it he thought it was pretty interesting that's pretty cool i mean like you should like li- we should like link it down below if like people can see this that that sounds pretty cool yeah, the, the video is a uh, is kind of uh kind of rough but it definitely shows it I'm, I'm really proud of that though like it's uh it's kind of like a madman if you don't know what the back rooms are but if you know what they are it makes perfect sense <laughs> all right i mean i i really want to check it out right now so my next question would be how do you organize and plan like the way you work. a lot of post-it notes first and foremost i i use like trello notion and confluence but that still doesn't like stop the millions of post-it notes landing on my desk so the way that i kind of have my workflow is in meetings or i build to-do lists on post-it transfer that over to trello if there's something i need to brush up on or learn uh, in order to get a certain thing on my to-do list done i write the notes down in notion and whenever it comes to getting those notes or explaining how to use a specific feature that I made, 
I would use Confluence to document that stuff, just to kind of store how to do certain things and certain workflows. So that's how I how I do it. But overall, post-it notes and controlled chaos. <laughs> Literally, I I would say like I thought like by having Notion, I would stop myself from like writing things down on like notes and then going like you know it's like why don't I just go right on and write it on Notion? It's impossible. It's like I need to write it with like a pen first. So I could totally relate with that. Okay, so my next question would be, how do you stay up to date with the latest game and software trends? I kind of got a boring answer for this one. <laughs> I really I really don't follow a lot of trends or like watch the latest games and stuff like that. Granted, if I, I do use Twitter and like I'm on Reddit and TikTok and stuff, but I, uh, I, so I see some things popping up for like new games or just like if a new technology comes out, like a new smartphone that's or whatever, I, I'm, I follow up on that just through those lanes of media, but... For the most part, I try to like, I know it's good to have influences, but whenever I see like too much, it kind of fogs my focus and it's, it's a little overwhelming. So I, I try not to look too much into stuff like that. I just kind of look at things that I want to do, find ways and just hyper focus on getting those made. But if I do look into anything new specifically related to like game development, it's usually like on the Unreal Engine Reddit. I've seen like the cool toys that people have made <laughs> in Unreal 5 that what they usually explain how they do it in like the comments and so that's pretty exciting to me but overall i really don't watch or look into too much of like the latest gaming news it kind of uh like i said fogs my focus a bit yeah definitely like i would say it's like a how do you say that a double edged sword i don't know if i say it's yeah different. it's like you people expect you to be like updated on your industry and, and stuff like that but as an artist like you would it, it might yeah like you say like it might alter your your focus or you want like whatever that you do to be completely because of you and not try not to get that much influence from like other other stuff yeah that, that, that's exactly it um and it's and that's why uh, i'm also kind of uh glad that we're, we're that the way that we're doing things with moonland is uh really kind of that that's really paying off with that um because there's a lot of like for example unity i started off with that game engine and there's a ton of stuff online on how to do certain things but like they show you how to get it done or whatever but it may not be like the way of doing it or the best way of doing it so it's i've noticed when you don't pay attention to, to media too much you tend to get better results what are like i know you already said like you, you you're trying to pay that much attention but are any like video games or like metaverses social multiplayers or whatever that you either like a lot or yeah what are like your favorites and that you get inspiration from or that you just like i love the concept of like vr chat that's so cool to me because it's like you can run around and talk to somebody from a different side of the world but like be in front of them and uh with like tech like vr uh increasing with like eye tracking like you can actually make eye contact in the near future with somebody digitally which i think is magical yeah. it's uh, like the concept of vr chat just excites me i'm a big ready player one fan and i was talking to mike about that just be being able to kind of help in, in any small form of try to get a version of the o of the oasis or anything remotely close to that um from that book or in movie it's super exciting to me yeah definitely that's that's really exciting my next question would be what has been like your biggest challenge so far since you started working in Moonland? Honestly, uh, I started, uh, like I said, I started with modding. So doing a lot of Lua and other stuff in Source Engine or making 
mods in Minecraft with Java. I've been using Unity for the most part, besides those other languages, and that uses C Sharp. Um, so switching to the Unreal Engine has been, I would say, the biggest challenge so far. Uh, just mainly because that's like 10 years of experience that I have with a different game engine. Then it's nice being able to do the change because it's granted it has been challenging it's been liberating it's it's absolutely amazing i'm it excites me to learn new tech and uh, improve my, pro my ability as a programmer and it kind of gives me an excuse to jump more into c plus plus which is a little bit there's a joke of c plus plus basically saying that it's harder to cut your leg off but uh when you do it it's it's gone uh, so it, it, in that sense it's like in c sharp it's easier for you to you can make a mistake and it's a little bit more forgiving but with c plus plus you make a mistake it's usually not good you can crash your whole computer it's exciting though getting to that level uh and it it really just helps me improve as a programmer so overall changing programming languages and changing engines have been the most challenging aspect but i like challenges how like for someone let's say like me i'm not a programmer and i'm just like learning all this getting trying to keep up with all this technical language like how, what would you say for you specifically it's like the main difference between jumping from unity to unreal uh, when it comes to work, just workflow it's just kind of how they handle things in the game so there's things uh like for example let's say if you're playing what's a game that you like to play like like a video game that you've played in the past or like you've seen other people play i've I've played like the ones that I've come across the most is like Roblox, um, Grand Theft Auto, and yeah, and the other ones are like mobile or like PC stuff. Gotcha. So, for example, Grand Theft Auto. Okay, let's say there is there's cars are a huge aspect of that game, um, and in Unity, you would have one thing called a game object, which is just kind of represents what that is in the world of the game and you add a bunch of components to it mm -hmm. when it comes to uh that's kind of just overall how they have like components for like physics to make the wheels move and stuff like that but overall it's kind of stays on one object one thing i like about unreal um it allows you to get more uh, fine-tuned with it so it you you can make it's it's easier to make the wheel component and have that function the way you want and then throw it onto a different series, like different cars at different times. Um, it just makes working on, uh, I'm explaining it terribly, but <laughs> it makes working on larger scales so much easier. And also with Unity, a lot of it's, um, I know Kieran talked about this, uh, a, lot, a lot of these uh, like asset made games where you can get like Bejeweled or like Candy Crush, like from the asset store and just change the pictures and make it like a new game. That's one thing that kind of gives, uh, I would say, a tarnish on the uh, the name of Unity and just the community overall. But one thing I like about Unreal is a lot of the tools that are developed for it are overall just useful tools. They're not like, here's a full game that is made from start to finish, repackage it and call it your own. It's more or less just little features that would be more useful in the grand scheme of things. I hope I answered that question properly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, if it makes sense for me, I'm pretty sure it makes <laughs> sense for a lot of people. <laughs> so yeah, um, and my, I would say like my final question, just to close on this note for Moonland, what makes you the most excited about 
being in Moonland and like the future of what this is going to be. Partially, what makes me so excited about it is the team. Everybody here is like very communicative. It's all our, all the meetings that we have are just they're really they're interesting to me. Like even if I wasn't in the team, if I saw that, I would just be I would listen just because it's exciting. But one thing I'm really excited about overall with Moonland at, at like with the game is being able to kind of be on the forefront of the metaverse game development i would say it's kind of like the wild west in game development and it's kind of cool to see how it's starting to kind of become a thing in this manifest that's that's really nice and being able to i would say have even a small say and it makes me really excited yeah i definitely agree on that i'm like i'm also like super pumped about like being on this team and, and definitely like even if I'm not in the programming side or not exactly in the group of like the, the artists like it's super interested like I'm like we should even like record our meetings like seeing the whole process of like how it starts from the concept art that Matt and Brenda send and then see it play like how you guys like make it happen I, I feel like it's super exciting and, and yeah from the marketing perspective you just want to put that out so so yeah I mean I think that would be it thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and I'm pretty sure this is not just going to be your first and last. I'm pretty sure you're going to be back here in the podcast. So thank you so much for joining. Anytime. And I'm more than happy to be back. So uh, thank you for your time. And uh, bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Bye. Thank you.